We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This is the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. Alongside me, we got David. What up? <laughs> I love it. Just quick, straight to the point. Boom. Also known as Nightly. Other in there, we got Freddy. Always keeping the spoopy. Always and forever. Also known as Nighty Night. We are a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down, discuss the ultimate question. Why horror? So the lights, sit back and let the darkness envelope you. You can support the show over at patreon.com slash goodnightlife. That's not what they would. But I pledge on Patreon to access the show ad-free and as early as Monday with a post-show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. An episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. Whew. Before we even get into like what month we're doing and all this whole other jazz, just a quick disclaimer. I got my booster shot, so if I sound slightly <laughs> like... Oh, thank you. Uh, but if I sound <laughs> slightly sluggish, just know that is the reason... And my apologies in advance. Because <laughs> uh, I'm feeling okay right now. I'm feeling pretty energized and pretty good. But if I start slowing down, that's why. <laughs> so my apologies. You got that energy. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm boosted. Um, but another thing that I also want to mention that I want to get more frequent on plugging because I've only plugged it once so far. But we have a Discord. So you can actually join our Discord. Everyone is invited this time, not just our patrons. So feel free to come in and join our Discord. It is going to be available in the description or the show notes, whatever your podcasters call it. Um, so you can go ahead and click the invitational link there and we'll be more than happy to chat with you, talk about movies and shit. We're going to host some really cool things in there. Maybe some exclusive uh, recordings are going to be recorded in there. A whole bunch of stuff is going to be happening. So let's have some fun. Join the Discord and we'll go from there. But we are in a brand new month. It's February. You know what I'm saying? And meow, meow, meow. Meow, meow, meow. Last <laughs> year, we actually had like anti-Valentines and we were doing toxic relationships and that was great. That was awesome. But the year prior, we discussed about um, Black history and Black history specifically in horror, but we talked about Candyman, Get Out, and the Transfiguration. Um, and those were great. However, that was when we had our old format to where we only would cover three movies a month versus four or five. Um, so I want to say come back to that and extend it out. And it's something I'm super excited about as well. So this is Black History of Horror Part 2, also known as Back in Black. Hell yeah. So we are back in black and we are kicking things off with a monstrous, vampiric, succubus film that is mm. not known by many 
but death by temptation. First and foremost, thoughts. Oof, I'm excited. I can start off. I can Go start ahead. Off. Go ahead. Yeah, start it off. I um, am very, very surprised how much I love this movie. <laughs> Hell you know, yeah. on, uh, I can be, I can be very snobby when it comes to um, budget and production value. Yeah, um, but man, this one had I a charm love, to it. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. It ha- it's charming in its own way. I love the the f- the funkiness of this movie and the otherworldliness. And it's a it's a film that usually I would see myself being really hard on, but for some reason I was just into it. I was That's so awesome. down with this movie. Yeah, I love the the editing throughout this whole film. Some may find it jarring, yeah. but man, I'm such a fan, especially for um, invoking the start of the decade of the 90s and like where we're going to go from there, where the 90s will be catapulted into. Um, I, would, I, I can't wait for us to get really deep into like the what was in between the lines throughout the story. I'm really excited to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was just I was vibing with this movie big time. I had a good time. Um it reminds like, you of those like 90s like uh like comedies but like with black folk like you know like Friday and shit like that. Like exactly. it, it definitely has that type of spin and charm to it as well or it's like an influx of like boys in the hood and um stuff like that. So Exactly. Yeah, yeah I totally agree with you. Um but yeah, it, again, I don't know if I finish this thought earlier but like normally this is a film that i would just be really tough on on all aspects but for some reason i don't i don't know what it is and i hope we can find out together but it just worked for me from beginning to end i was into it so i can't wait to hear what you guys have to think about it what about you freddie Okay, I'm definitely on the same level as you guys. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> this movie <laughs> is fantastic. Uh, like you, you, like you stole the word out of all of our minds. It has a lot of charm. Yeah. This movie is sexy. This movie is horrific. <laughs> that it this is. This movie is hilarious and so much blood. My God, this movie has a little bit of everything that a lot of people would like gravitate towards. And I think all of the characters that like we follow along are just like, just so cool. And I like, I want to hang out with them and they say like some funny phrases. And I'm just like, this is hilarious. But at the same time, like what's going on is like horrific. But at the same time, it's happening to most often or not bad people. So you're kind of like rooting for this bad entity as well. So yeah. I don't know. This movie, this just slaps hard and I am all for it. <laughs> it's, it's crazy too. Cause it, it, it is a refreshing movie. Cause you, we don't see, vampiric films quite similar to this because because in, in, in reality this technically is not a vampire movie it, it, it is a uh yeah about a succubus is a, a yeah, demon yeah. a monster um and it, it's all in it. it's all very right form for that and it, it is a very important monster movie in my opinion as well that I feel like a lot of people haven't had the opportunity to check out and James Bond the third fucking phenomenal like come on like he he hasn't done anything since this movie pretty much um and that's a shame because i feel like he could have been a very prolific director um and i would love for this movie to just stand the tale of time because it it is really great i just love this movie 
Yeah, yeah so crazy. James Bond the third uh, wrote it, produced it, directed it, and cast and himself acted in it. Like what yeah. the fuck? Like dude <laughs> so is so good. talented. Like yeah. it's crazy. And, it, and that could be a budget thing too, but it just works so well. Like, yeah, you know the story that you want to tell it, so might as well write it, direct it, and star in it. Who better to tell a story than yourself? That's true. And it comes off great. Yeah, and I I agree with that. Like it, the way he tells this story is such a, a a unique way, but also very intoxicating the way. And lack for better words, right? It's it's setting a bar, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is a very intoxicating. And sophisticated kind of way of, of, of showing is. like a duality of faith and, um, how to utilize like where you've grown up and being sheltered and, and seeing that even as a duality of like K versus Joel, K being from the streets, living in North Carolina as well for a bit and then coming to New York and, and getting a whole new perspective on life. And then Joel staying in North Carolina the whole time, sheltered, homeschooled, the, the whole nine, son of a minister, went to ministry school. Like, you know, so like it, it, we got to see those two dynamics, which was really incredible to see. And, and I feel like this plays very well on the different types of black people that to show like everyone's different kind of thing, you know? So I, I love that. And I love that aspect of, of showing that where this really kind of hammers on that trope that you kind of see where mainly white people like, Oh, like, Oh, it's kind of like these, um, backhanded compliments. Like, like, Oh, you don't sound black or like, Oh, "Oh, you're not, you're not like those black guys, you know, like, like you're the Mm -hmm. good one or, or things like that. Or just like, Oh, you're an Oreo or, or some shit like that. And Uh, I'm just like, like, what you mean? So like black people can't be smart. Like they can't sound sophisticated or be sophisticated. Like, I don't, I'm not catching your drift here, but, um, that's what it kind of reminded me of for sure. But let's go ahead and just jump up straight into this shit. Cause I'm very excited to talk about this. Uh, this is both your guys' first time watching this movie, correct? Yes. Yeah, okay. I've, never, I've never heard of this. Never heard of it Never heard of it. You never heard it either. Okay, awesome. Well, I, that makes me even more excited <laughs> to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> Death by Temptation, directed by James Bond III, released May 11th in 1990, a runtime of one hour and 35 minutes. No budget found, but I can assume quite small. Uh, just based off of it alone, gosh, got he got Samuel fucking Jackson right before his heyday. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Like, do, do luck the fuck out right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, box office of $2.2 million and a rating of 69% on Rotten Tomatoes. Not a bad rating, um, but I could see if someone's really honing in and, and seeing like, oh, the fact that you could see string sometimes in the movie and they, they weren't of like, able to afford dark red paint for blood and things like that. So it was bright pink, which in my opinion, oh my God, just look, works so much better. And just that neon look. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. But we opened to a bartender answering the phone, speaking to a woman about convincing her to get an abortion. Goddamn right off the bat. We are just like throwing punches that we hate this fucking characters. Like <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Just right off the bat. I like how Even- like, um, 
like how they introduce characters like yeah i don't like him already but how like calm and collected he is about it he's like yeah oh, i was pay for it it's like straight up player, just send me the bill bro. i'll send you the check yeah. i was like whoa damn I'm this movie is turning off 100 up. miles per hour yeah i'm glad you brought that up because even though like clearly a shitty person right i couldn't help but think like damn this is a cool cat like <laughs> his energy is just cool <laughs> I mean, that's fair. <laughs> Even assisting to uh, pay for it and they can kick it again before hanging up. He hops back on the phone, calling another woman, asking if her husband is there. He's not. The bartender is excited about them having the weekend together again, fantasizing about dressing up in her husband's clothes, <laughs> wanting her bad. to ha- include the handcuffs. He says his goodbyes, excited about the night ahead. Dude's a straight player. A patron <laughs> asks uh, ask him if he can borrow it, quote unquote, uh, when he's through. The bartender tells him to get his own as the funky intro music continues. It's 90s Dude, as fuck. And it, yeah. it, it, the 90s funk oh is so my great throughout God. All it's like, it, and not only is it 90s as shit, like it's 90s and New York as fuck too. Like yeah. this is some New York ass movie right here. <laughs> As he's cleaning his counter, a woman with gold nails, uh, we'll call her Temptation, caresses his hand. He lights her cigarette as she takes a drag, blowing out the match on her exhale. He, she seductively suggests for, uh, for him to use his cigarette lighter. He's into, he's into her. She offers to buy him a drink. He flirtatiously answers that it's against the house rules. Bro, you just called two women <laughs> home wrecking one. You got one pregnant trying to have her abort on the phone inside your establishment, my guy. I think we're far past house rules of someone buying you a drink and you taking a drink with them. She invites him to her house to make him a drink instead. Cut to the bartender going into Temptation's house, her home completely engulfed in darkness. The light illuminated the stairs. Wow. First and foremost, the fucking color palette in this movie. Mm-hmm. Magnificent. I, I'm glad you brought it up because oh, throughout the whole film, God. the use of color is so constantly great and stylistic. That it is. That it is. And and Freddie, you are our main person we go to when it comes to color and film. So I, I'm probably going to pick your brain on a few of these, like the blues and the reds and things like that. Like I, I am very intrigued behind all of this. He slowly ascends the stairs. She tells him to come inside, commenting on the door already being open. And this shot's already just fucking beautiful. Like him walking up the stairs. It's just gorgeously casted. He asks if he's, if she always leaves her door open or if she couldn't wait to see him. She agrees that being the reason, repeating it seductively. He goes to her bed commenting that it's, that it's nice to see her. Mm-hmm. Complimenting himself <laughs> that it always is. It's like, damn, damn. So, um, I guess speaking on this right now, because you brought it up, bringing up colors and stuff like that, you see him in a red suit, a pretty bright yeah. red suit. That's right. And red usually signifies like, uh, power or someone that's in control. And oh, then wow. the first time we see her, she's in like a towel, right? Y- yeah, yeah when, I think so, right? When, when she comes dressed in or when she comes back. I think it's a towel. Yeah. So that shows that she's pretty like nude and vulnerable. But mm-hmm. in reality, it's the other way around. He's the vulnerable one and she's the one in control and power. So it's a great contrast there as well. So, uh, it, so I guess my, the way I'm picturing this then is that he loses his power when he gets stripped from his clothes and she's stripping him from his clothes to where well, he's pretty like much completely. In this naked, situation, right? he thinks he's powerful at this moment. But right. 
it's actually the other way around. Oh, okay. Kind of like yeah, what no, you're that makes too. total sense. That yeah. makes total sense. She giggles. I like your if, point that you made too, though, Prince. I just wanted to add that. Yeah. Oh, like he has the power. Gets, like, right. Trip from his power. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He becomes so vulnerable when he thinks he's so confident. Absolutely, and and that's that's an interesting thing. Vulnerability in general, because. W- Everyone feels vulnerable when they're naked, right? Like, well, I can't say everyone. Like, there there are nudists around and stuff like that. But a lot of people feel vulnerable when they're naked. Like, if if someone is taking a shower, and even if it's your significant other, and they just kind of burst into the room, you by instinct you're like, yo, okay, oh, <laughs> like, like, you know, yeah, what I'm saying. So it's just it, it just it is what it is. She giggles, asking if he hears hears that often. They both laugh as he relaxes on her bed, commenting about her home. Tem- Temptation shares that she did it all herself, asking how he likes the bed. The bartender claims that you can tell a lot about a woman by the kind of bed she sleeps in. Okay. And this bed is telling him how much he's a freak. She's silent. He goes, uh, he goes to her vanity, intrigued as to why she would cover, uh, want to cover up a mirror since she's so attractive. And, and I love the way he says it too. Cause like, these are like words we don't get to hear as often anymore. Like this type of slang and this type of lingo. And, and, and this, even these types of like ebonics, like we don't get to hear it as often anymore. I feel like, or at least I don't. Um, but like, I grew up on these types of like ebonics and shit. He was just like, like, why, like, why you don't cover up the mirror when you so damn fine? Like, you know? <laughs> and I was just like, damn, that, that makes me miss shit. Like, like, like just the culture. God damn it. He appears behind the curtain, startled by temptation behind him. But that soon fades as he approaches her, approaches to kiss her. She seductively, she seductively doesn't allow him to kiss her. She pulls him onto the bed. I thought that was very interesting. And I think that really correlates what you said, Freddie, is that she's the one who holds all the power. Because like yes. she's in control in this moment where she's not allowing him to kiss her, even though he really wants to kiss her. And it's really cool because right now I'm watching the movie as we're like talking about it, and I'm mm-hmm. reading the the captions for the song. There's a lyric that says, "And you're hungry now for me." Yes, and I'm yes. like, "Damn, that correlates perfectly with the scene too of like yeah. what's about to happen too." I I even put so like good. a little side note of that for sure. Uh, still not allowing him to kiss her, she unbuckles his belt, licking it and teasing him as she ties the belt and tightens it around his neck. She finally allows him to taste of a kiss before pulling away and dragging him behind the stained glass with the belt. Their silhouette causes them to get dragged into the shower. He kisses all over her, the water turning into boiling blood. The bartender starts to moan frantically as she starts to maniacally laugh. He runs out of the shower, butt-ass naked, screaming as he tries to escape, <laughs> yelling, yelling no, as we can hear her snarls and growls from the other side of the shaking door, blood trailing underneath the door as the bell rings. Fuck. This whole thing, and this is how the movie starts. Fucking incredible. Yeah. Right away for us to jump in. Yeah, absolutely great. Like, this really just, and I, the reason why I find this so great is that, okay, this is a movie that's not going to be a mysterious movie. We're going to know, as the audience, we're going to know everything right off the bat. And they made that quite clear that we're going to know everything right off the bat. We're going to know who's involved, who's doing all this shit, and we're going to be able to find or be with all those characters at the same time. And I think that is so refreshing 
from what we constantly get of like, who's the killer? Who's doing all of this? Like this just felt so refreshing to know that this is it. Like we're just on for the ride of what these three main people are doing. I have to agree with you. And I think that's why it clicked for me so quickly because of that. Um, We just got straight to the point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It didn't bullshit us. And I, I really, really, I really like that. <laughs> Fate to North Carolina, Minister Garth, also known as our boy Samuel Jackson, is given a sermon on temptation. And I thought this was magnificent, especially in retrospect, that he's given a sermon on temptation and temptation's fucking there. <laughs> yeah. Nobody except his son, Joel, is sitting in the pews. Pew, pew. He continues his sermon, a woman <laughs> appearing in an all black with a veil in the middle of the pews, moves closer behind the boy, putting her hands around his neck. Cut to Garth telling his son that he wants him to spend some time with his grandma. He asks if his dad, uh, he asks his dad if something is wrong. A dream of Garth driving down the road, his wife noticing the woman in the middle of the street, yelling, yelling that he he's going to hit her as she grabs the steering wheel. He yells for her to stop as he tries to gain back control of the wheel. They swerve and crash. A bloody cross in his hand and his and as he sits idle. This is great. And the reason why I really like this particular scene here is the fact that we have uh, Garth trying to kill her. He's right. trying to use his vehicle as a weapon in this moment. And, and like he, he understands what's going on. He, he feels temptation. And I, I, the reason why I, I like this movie so much is because it, it has a lot of metaphorical undertones, right? Like right. Where he's trying to get rid of temptation. Exactly. Like he's trying to kill temptation off, uh, and, and the way I see it is cold turkey. Instead of you trying to work at it and embracing temptation head on and saying no, um, then that's how I kind of pictured that moment with him. In, in that section where it's like, I'm trying to cut temptation off entirely. Like, I don't want to be tempted anymore. And who knows, right? Like, this could be also a metaphor of like the fact that like maybe he cheated on his wife or something like that or whatever, you know? So maybe he drinks too much. Who knows? I think with the uh, limited budget that this movie may have had, I think the costume designing here was amazing. I agree. Uh, when it comes to temptation, like, there's something that just still works today and with that costume design and it's so simple just a black gown covered uh black like perfect you know with black veil yeah it just it's so creepy but yet really cool at the same time yeah and effective Uh, it's so effective i like that you brought that up because that kind of represents like the darkness that surrounds us temptation is a darkness that is gripping at our neck sometimes and he right. kind of sees mm-hmm. that with his own son and when he is confronted by it he takes it on head on literally yeah um, yeah. So yeah no that's really good no I, I i agree with that for sure and i i also have some things about like Kay and joel when when we get to them An older Joel wakes up from the nightmare, sweat beating on his forehead. His grandmother wakes up as well. They are in the living. I fucking love the fact that they're, they're connected. Like, I really, really like that. I really like Mm -hmm. that they are connected and they share this same type of medium 
aspect behind them. There in the living room, she asks if he's okay. He shares that he had a weird dream. She mentions she did as well. Going over the accident of his mom and dad, taking Joel um, in to raise him, knowing that he was special, blessed straight from birth. While she, while she is speaking, the woman in black is going going into the back seat of the limo. Excuse me, during the funeral reaching her hand out to someone. Grandma continues that the older the older he got, the clearer his future became to her. Complimenting his hard work, he complimenting his hard work and he will complete his evangelistic training to go on to become a great minister. She comments that the forces of of hell are little too real for that, explaining that explaining that um that's when he's one step from reaching his goal. That is actually a crossroad. It being up to him to look both ways. Once again, an, another act on temptation, right? Mm. Back at the two steps down bar, a, a man named Dougie is trying to hit uh, hit on this girl. Dougie is funny as shit to me. Hell he is yeah, such is. a fucking goofball. And like, I love the fact that he's just undercover and this is his thing where it's just like, I'm a poorly hit on women. Yeah, <laughs> it's great time. too because there's so much context <laughs> behind why. Because I watched it thinking, how is this guy this goofy? Right? right. But there's context behind him constantly hitting on women, kind of yep. being a sleaze bag about it because he's undercover and he's looking for temptation. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And I really too. hope there's like a paranormal division in police forces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be so sick. Both her, coming soon. <laughs> both her and her friend definitely do not give a shit about what he's talking about he's talking about some dumbass shit too he's just like like being a karate master or some shit he's uh, into kung fu but also a surgeon there you go <laughs> kung fu surgeon who works yeah. on Bruce Lee films he's like yeah Bruce Lee ain't dead a married man <laughs> comes through the door taking his ring off temptation mm-hmm. smiles at him as she can as she continues smoking her cigarette, he makes his way over to her, greeting her and asking if he could buy her a drink. She calmly answers, quote, that's how it starts, end quote, with, with a flirtatious smile. He calls over the bartender, a replacement for her, her player, her player bartender, of course, asking for champagne. She comments that she loves champagne, asking the bartender if, if they sell Cristal. I love this part. The man <laughs> shakes his head at the bartender, the bartender copying his motion. She's like, oh shit, no, 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 no. Not Crystal, <laughs> please. She asks for more expensive wines. The man interrupts asking for a cheaper selection. They both laugh as he comp- comments about loving champagne so much. He pulls out a cigarette. Temptation asks for his, for his name. He gives, uh, gives her a fake name, John. She comments that being funny as he looks like his name would be Norman. The man starts violently coughing from his surprise of her getting his name correct. She offers to take this in the champagne back to her place. He agrees, calling over the bartender to pay him. He is about to walk out, almost forgetting the champagne. He goes back for, for winking at the bartender. Back with Dougie, um, still shooting his shot, the, the woman's friend mentions that he said that he was a surgeon when he hit on her. He tries to double down on the lie, commenting that he's a kung fu surgeon. He asks the woman, uh, the woman if, if he's met met her somewhere before, she doesn't think so. He t- he taps her shoulder that he remembers where it was, using a cheesy pickup line of her in his dreams. 
<laughs> anyway, cut to Norman and Temptation having some wild sounding sex. Oh my god, Norman is fucking exclaiming and shit. He's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like my god, Norman, calm down. <laughs> You sound like you've never done this before at all, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) She flips him on his back, pulling out a peacock feather and kissing it and licking it. She rubs the feather on his face as he continues to exclaim in orgasmic ecstasy. Norman. Quite the scene. (laughs) Quite the scene. I was like, when the peacock feather came out, I was like, hold up, what's going on here? So I actually picture this as a as a kind of a, a, a sexual innuendo. Right. In a way. They fluff out their wings when they're trying to attract a mate and stuff like that, right? Yes, that yeah. and yeah. also uh, the fact that the actual quite literal term of peacock, right? We uh, see her yeah. later kind of do this to another man where she turns around and, and has pretty much she rapes him, right? Yeah. So like it's it's so intriguing how I how she shows her masculinity and her femininity at the exact same time, and I and that's how I pictured it when it came, when it came to the peacock of her showing her masculinity on top of him because she flipped him over. He's on his back now. He's not the one doing any of the motions. She took completely over, right, with a peacock feather. But hey. Exclaiming that this is too good to be true, she agrees that he's right that it is. She gently rubs the feather over his stomach until it switches into a blade. She's startled by the cold touch. She commands him not to move. Norman asks her what's going on. He begins to shiver. She gently moves the knife over his body, then slicing his skin. He begins to moan in pain and pleasure, uh, temptation accompanying his moans with hers. Flashes of Norman running, or excuse me, flashes of Joel running down a foggy dark street. Um, and Joel being seduced by a woman in black. Joel wakes up. The laughter of the woman fades away. He calls his, his, um, homie k who doesn't pick up and it it was so weird like when i first watched this movie because i've only seen this movie about three times i think it was my third time um and i always thought like k was his brother (laughs) yeah they kind of throw the word around yeah and they do throw the word around but it's just like my brother like my homie like exactly yeah so um and he's and he also says like my partner and stuff like that which wow, that was another one I, I haven't heard in a while. My partner. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking about when he throws it around is when he's like um, speaking to someone else's uh, temptation. It's like you know I got to do the big brother stuff. Like right, exactly. He says yeah. that line. So I think that moment I remember having a second being like, wait, are they related or right? And he does also say to Joel like he calls his grandma grandma. Exactly. Like, you know, but like that's just the thing of black community. Like, if you go to someone's like friend's house, like you call them just grandma. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like it's just how it was. But Kate comes back home as soon as his phone is about to reach uh, reach the answering machine. He picks up the phone. Joel identifies himself. Kate excited to speak with him, asking why he doesn't ever call him back. Joel blames it on him not receiving his messages. Kate understands since um, since his grandma's uh, since he's on his grandma's enemies list for moving <laughs> up to New York. He asks how she is doing. Joel sighs that she's all right. Kate knows something is up. He asks if grandma's if. Uh, is giving him a hard time. Joel says it's deeper, uh, deeper than that, and he feels like he needs to take a break. 
Kay understands, offering his home, asking when is he coming. Joel's excited um, that he's allowing him over, thanking him and showing his appreciation. Kay jokes that he can't do all this mushy stuff before changing the subject about the mo- this movie he's in. Fade to Norman getting out of Temptation's bed. He drops the knife um, on the bed, putting on his clothes as he looks at himself in the covered mirror. He notices his bruises and scratches. Upset, he, he asks her, uh, how is he supposed to explain this um, to his wife? This well, I mean, well, he, yeah, he does say supposed in. to explain, but yeah, she cuts and then him she's off. Like, to your wife, yeah, completing the word wife and calling him Norman. Um, this is great because I, I also once again um, kind of see this as one uh, karma, right? Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been upset if this movie was deaf by karma, right? But. Um, that's another thing too, like death by temptation. It says D E F um instead of death with D E D E A T H. Um, which is also just super dope to me. But <laughs> this was also interesting because this is pretty much a, a metaphor for an S C D. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I think this was so. supposed to be AIDS. And I, I think that's what this whole thing was supposed to be, that she gave him a uh, sexual transmitted disease. Yeah. And then uh, Norman even has a moment where he's like, you don't look like the type that would have something. Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. They yeah. even reference it. No, that's a good point. Yeah. Out. Yep. So. And it just shows like the consequences of what could happen if you cheat as well. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That car like, just get you, get your cow slipping. Uh, Temptation even says like, what are you going to do when your wife wants to fuck? Right. right. That's say? true. Oh, yeah. That's true. Oh man. It's so fucking crazy when we find out later what happened to Norman, too. She's Pretty such sure. a great actress, too. She plays evil really well. And she then she's does. very like Yvonne. Yeah. She's so she good. Does. She's really good. Her mannerisms and the way she like like her uh, facial expressions are so good and spot on. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. I remember her in like TV shows. And things like that. Like I remember she yeah, she was, looks really familiar. Yeah. Like she wasn't in much, but I remember her in like uh gosh, I feel like she was in one TV show called Higher Education. I don't know if you guys mm. ever seen that show. It, it's it's fucking old. And it was like <laughs> it was like based in some school. She was a teacher. I don't know. But my grandma used to watch it. <laughs> but I think she was in that show. I think she was in that show for sure. Um but whatever anyway uh i was trying to check and i couldn't find it but hey laughing that she knows who he is commenting that those are marked those remarks are nothing for uh what what he's getting later she pulls out a cigarette as as she continues that that she gave him something that that there's no cure for laughing that it will grow and grow until it consumes him her voice drops octaves as she laughs deeply he analyzes and uh, he analyzes that she looks uh, like she doesn't have anything. She continues her laughter, asking, uh, is that what's, what he's going to tell his wife when they have sex? <laughs> Norman looks around, commenting that he's never done this before, that this was his first time, thinking that it would be cool and he could just walk away. <laughs> nah, my guy. <laughs> she tells him to get, to get out of there because she's tired of looking at him. He cries that he doesn't want to lose his family as he somberly walks out, out of her room. And once again, this just goes to show you of like what happens when you give in to that temptation, right? Like what happens when you give in to that temptation fully and allow yourself to 
be granite um something like this where in the moment it's great but the consequences that are after are going to be tenfold right Mm -hmm. she drops back on the bed to laughing as norman gets downstairs his uh, he's fixing his pants and noticing that the markings have already spread it to his face and neck something something or excuse me screaming not him and that he didn't he didn't do it while covering his face meanwhile joel puts a bible in a drawer telling his grandma that he's going to leave leave her there for this trip temptation gazes out at um out of excuse me temptation gazes out to a pool of red staring out for a moment before slowly lying down on her bed this is great like it's like this glowing red on her face and mm-hmm. all you can see are her eyes and it's just wow like the like the use of colors like i really genuinely think um james bond the third what was watching giallo films and was studying giallo because of this because of his use of color you didn't see this like in like American horror in the nineties, like you didn't see shit like this. Like, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think, like, I'm trying to even think like, did, was Candyman's palette similar to this? And it was to an extent where yeah. it would have like the gazes on Helen's eyes. But even then, like nothing like this, this feels like Suspiria. Exactly. I can see that. It, it's very yeah. different. Cause I, I feel like with Candyman, um, it tries to portray the, 30s female lead movie star yeah uh put light on their eyes to make them right. glow well this is very much uh an aesthetic towards style and right. kind of communicating through color yeah which this works really well for this character about like, yeah yeah it more. does it's great Freddy. <laughs> red just means so much too like i said it also means like you know power but it also means like dangerous mm-hmm. as well and passion and passion that's yeah. a huge thing for this film in itself where the passion really just comes from her so that red significance is even more powerful and then also <sighs> of course the dominance and power so that's also her wow. really she is red <laughs> yeah and, and i love the fact that this movie's drowned in red Yes. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Joel looks out of, at a, out of the window at the woman in black, remembering what his grandma said about him being one step closer to reaching his goal in life, that being a crossroad, and, and up to him to look both ways. Temptation is back in the bar, waiting and watching as she seductively eats a cherry. A gay man stands next to another man named Jonathan, enjoying his drink. He orders a drink for himself, asking Jonathan if he would like anything. Jonathan asks him uh, if he if he's really... Uh, that obvious with all the men that are inside the bar. He claims that he looks familiar to him. Jonathan lays his boundaries about only looking for conversation. Willing to take his offer to buy him a Remy Martin, though. <laughs> I love it. This dude snaps his finger and walks away like, bitch, you had your chance. <laughs> <laughs> Dougie is using another cheesy pickup line on a woman. She throws her drink in his face before walking off. The bartender comes up to him, joking that she is playing hard to get. This dude, man, I I fucking love him, dude. He's just he's so goofy. Like this <laughs> dude is just D is a goofball, bro. Yeah, dude. I was about to call him Doofy right now. Ducky claims <laughs> that she was hitting on him, and he wouldn't give up his phone ever, suggesting that she is too skinny for him. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no lie though, I swear. And tell me if I'm wrong, please. But Bill Nunn, Dougie. He looks just like Jordan Peele to me. 
Like he looks like he could be like I feel like if there is a biopic of Bill Nunn ever, Jordan Peele can play him. <laughs> and it I'm might be see it a little bit. It might just be the fact that he's just goofy. Maybe. <laughs> it could be. It could be that. <laughs> it might just be that he is goofy. Um but the but this bartender doesn't know who he is. Dougie claiming that they're they're hitting it off, and he stopped coming around there, mentioning that he never got to tell him about his date with Temptation at the end of the bar. He points her out. The bartender recognizing her, calling her the prettiest one in there. And I love the fact that this fucking bartender's working with her. Like we find that out later, right. and we'll yeah. get there. But goddamn, such a great reveal! Man. That was that, an like, amazing twist. Yeah. <laughs> what a great wingman. In a terrible way. Like, he's, like, feeding these drinks to these people, right? Right. It's so great. It's great. It is great. He asked Dougie um, if he hits on her, too, but he hasn't, claiming that there is something weird about her, commenting about her eyes being spooky. Sorry, I did have a little bit of a revelation. Oh. He is kind of like her, too. He serves people alcohol, which is a type of temptation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Which also has consequences. No, that's very true. Huh. Very, very true. Yes. The bartender doesn't understand what he means, knowing that he will never find out uh, because he's happily married. Temptation calls him over. And once again, the color palette right, right here, absolutely incredible. Joel is on the bus going to New York, a VO of him telling his grandma that he's taking a bit of a break to make sure that uh, this is the path that he wants to head down. Back at the bar, panning through everyone enjoying themselves, Temptation sitting alone with her shades on. Looking fucking amazing by the way like like yo cynthia bond killing this Mm -hmm. role like absolutely killing this role (laughs) like stunning and for the whole aspect of this movie and she carried this shit she's great yeah she looks so cool the cigarette in her mouth the sunglasses she does like it's such a badass like scene that's great framework she just she looks she looks badass she just looks so cool like you, she makes me want to smoke a cigarette. Like, like <laughs> Jonathan stands next to her, drinking his drink. She smiles, asking if he's sure that he uh, that he wants to stand there. He asks her if she if she minds. She doesn't answer him while putting a cigarette in her mouth. He lights her cigarette for her. She finally answers that she doesn't mind at all. They are about to take their conversation further until her attention is caught by Kay coming into the bar. She folds a paper, placing it into Jonathan's pocket, grabbing him by the neck. He tries to resist. She she lets him go, telling him that it it is his choice. He shakes uh, he shakes as he downs his drink. She grabs him, commenting that it is better uh, where they are going. She bites his ear, reiterating it. Kay notices temptation sitting in a booth staring at him. Um and and once again, like the temptation aspect for Jonathan, who seems to be this type of man who either uh doesn't want to embrace their sexuality or uh feels like they are maybe in the wrong with their sexuality or something it was something very interesting about him to me because uh i assume he's bisexual um or gay and not really wanting to accept the fact that he's gay um just seems very confused right right and i think that was his i think that's why temptation did him so dirty because she knew that he was he seemed like he was just copying everyone else right mm-hmm. uh, doesn't he mention earlier on with the other dudes where it's like oh i just come here to talk to people right kind of like he's yeah. just trying to discover himself in the way 
to exactly. see what he really wants. Right. He's not there for a main purpose. Right. And I think that's why Temptation just was absolutely rough right. with him and just didn't care. You know, um, he puts his drink on the um, on a tap before heading over to her. He asks if he could have a seat. She plays innocent, thinking thinking that to be nice. Kit, uh, Kay sits down. Um, she comments that he looks familiar. He mentions that he's an actor, more than a few films that he's in. She plays it off that she knows him. Uh, he's suave as he mentions that this uh, this puts him at a disadvantage because he doesn't know who she is. <laughs> All right, man. What a fucking line, Doug. For real. Like, <laughs> like, come on, bro. Like, I was like, man, that got me wet, dude. Like, 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 like hey, come on, bro. Like, don't use that. She chuckles, asking for his autograph, claiming that it, is, it isn't for her, but her little brother. He laughs, um, but allows allows it, um, asking for his name. She shares that it is Jay, like James, and he says something else. I forgot the name. He says, um. He said Jay liked something. I don't know. You're you're looking at it, Frank. Oh, yeah, I remember he mentioned that name, and I was like, "That's a very unique and long oh, yeah. name." Yeah, right, super composite. It's yeah. a long name. Yeah, it was like like I, it was a weird one. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And, and who I think was a basketball player. But I don't know. Uh, he writes down the autograph, saying it out loud. Her facial demeanor shifts to a scowl until he hands the paper back to her. Fade to them both dancing to smooth jazz, the red and blue glow on their bot on and behind their body. The jazz music continues, but Kay and Temptation are lying down on her bed as she seductively feeds him fruits. Okay, uh, they begin to passionately kiss, but Kay was actually daydreaming. She calls him out of it, slapping his face to get his attention. <laughs> he wants to keep this new relationship going, telling her that they have um, each other's numbers. She comments that the night is still young. He reluctantly agrees, but he has to go pick up Joel. He apologizes. Her smile drops, but comes back when he looks back at her. He asks her uh, to promise that they could have the opportunity to do this again real soon. Kay is about to go pay for the check, turning around to ask for her name but she's no longer there joel is waiting for k um he notices k rushing to his apartment joel startles him and they hug and i just love their dynamic because k is literally the epitome of temptation and joel is innocence it's great mm-hmm. like it's so great Kay makes fun of the way he looks before they go inside. Joel assures him that he uh, just wants to hang and that he's he's not there to judge him. Kay agrees. Joel admiring the way he looks, complimenting that he doesn't look like anybody he uh, went to school uh, of ministry with. Kay comments that that being so long ago, but he needed to get out of there um, as early as possible so he could pursue acting. Joel sees the prop gun on the fireplace, which I actually thought was a prop gun for a second. <laughs> yeah, I did um, too. Uh, and knowing that is Bertha. You're just like, yep, that's Bertha <laughs> right there. Kay ex- excitedly agrees, admitting that he's uh, he can't um, use it much besides going to the range. Joel's about to touch the gun, Kay telling him to be careful, he asks why. Kay keeps the gun loaded and the knives sharpen because life is a whole lot tougher. Man, goddamn, what a line, bro. That line alone just spoke volumes to me. Yeah. Like, it really just, it hammered on the head that, like, uh, yeah, life is probably dangerous for him. Right. Yeah, and it's a good reflection um, for reflection for joel to see in comparison to joel's life because uh joel probably could not even probably fathom just having an assault rifle just like sitting on your mantle right 
right. yeah. bloated at that. Right, exactly. Joel understands, wondering if coming to New York was the right, right thing to do for him. Kate jokes that they aren't going to do uh, do anything mushy and only providing him with one hug. They laugh as they uh, they laugh as they hug each other. The next day, they are sitting <laughs> on the living room floor. Kate asks um, how he likes New York so far. Joel tries to be hip, answering that it is um, stupid uh, and, yeah. and wild. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I love him, man. Kate jokes about his shoes, calling them ugly, and him trying to get um, <laughs> down with the lingo, instructing him to preach, and Kay will teach. Dude, Kay is so dope, dude. Like, Kay yeah, reminds me of, like, Jazzy J and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like, he's I can see that. So dope. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> his outfits are always so good, too. On point. Like, on style's point. On point. It's, um, Joel laughs it off, trying again, going in more detail that there is a lot of people, everyone being a character. Kay agrees, but uh, mentions that there, there were, that there was a lesson in what they saw today, continuing that, that he saw victims of economics and violent Reaganomics, mentioning that the people in their small town are reality, but no more than the people in New York. And Joel c- can't be sheltered and feel empowered to give ministries, it, educating him to climb up and see over both sides of the fence. This is great advice too. Joe believes he understands calling it unfair to relate for from a glass house perspective. Kate jokes that he condensed his speech. Joe chuckling that he was a little t- he was a little long winded in it. <laughs> Kate gets serious about the streets being real, then remembering to share the info about him meeting a woman, or then remembering uh, to share the info about him meeting a woman. He talks up, he talks up the woman, calling her sweet. Quick cut to temptation, yelling at Jonathan about not allowing anyone there without an appointment or unless she brings brings them there herself she slams the door on his face back with Kay briefly commenting that she's p- really polite temptation allows Jonathan inside the door slamming behind him he looks back at the door she loudly asks if there was is a problem looking back at her he tells her no Kay adds that she she looks sexy but innocent at the same time <laughs> you know what's funny I feel like we've heard this line before this sexy but innocent line um, crazy stupid love <laughs> oh, is that it? is your crazy stupid love. That's right. Yeah, but but I'm saying in, in like something we've watched, uh, Christine. It was oh, Christine. Yeah. That it was this literally exact line. Like she looks That's innocent funny. yet sexy. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I made a mistake. Actually, I think in Crazy Stupid Love, it's the perfect combination of sexy and cute. But yeah, you're right about Christine. No. Temptation is having sex with Jonathan, slapping his leg before getting off of him too angrily, um, getting off of him angrily, smoking a cigarette. Um, he wonders if he did something wrong. She tells him he did, demanding him not to kiss her. Kay tells Joel that, um, that he's not spitting, but she is someone he thinks he, he, uh, could really like. And quick trigger warning, everybody. Uh, the trigger warning involves rape. So just a quick warning. Uh, temptation is raping Jonathan by penetrating him from behind. He asks her to stop. She tells him no as she continues. And this is fucking brutal. Like this is, and luckily we don't get to see it, but we hear it. Right. And, and it is it's rough to watch. It's still tough. Yeah. It's still yeah. tough. And, and it's not long, but it's tough. It's a hard scene. Um, yeah. Cause you could hear the pain in that man's voice. Like yeah, it, yeah. it's it's scary. Kay calls her a pussycat, whatever that means. I don't, I, I don't know. 
Jonathan reaches his, I, I, like, I, I don't know if it's a compliment or if it's, I don't know. I assume it's a compliment since it's coming from Kay in this moment. Jonathan reaches his hand out, of the, out from the tarp, screaming no as temptation brings his hand back in, his mouth covered and spilling blood as she, as he cries. She claws him repeatedly, <clears throat> excuse me, his blood skirting all over the tarp. Terrifying scene because you just see like the silhouettes and just Jeez. blood hitting the curtains, and you're just like, "Damn, yeah. brutal kill." Yeah. Case and I hate to bring it up. Oh, please go. Oh, sorry, sorry. I hate ahead. to bring it up again regarding budget, but I think they do such a good job playing to the strength of the smaller budget they have and being more yeah, innovative right. with ideas like this, like behind the veil and showing the silhouettes of all the slashing versus having to like pay and produce that shot visually. Right. I think it's it, just. It, even maybe more effective. In this I was way. just about to say that, like, and this feels so much more effective, you know, like, exactly. I feel like if we would have seen it, it would have been a little too much uh, of us seeing it. And I feel like we got to hear the veracity and mm-hmm. the uh, intensity behind this whole scene with just watching right. that. Like it's, it's honestly, it's quite so effective and brutal. Yeah. Kay suggests that they go to the bar where he uh, where he met her, knowing that she'll be there and he wants to see her again. Commenting that Joel would like it, Joel shares that he doesn't drink. Kay jokes that uh, <laughs> Kay jokes that he can get him some milk. Joel wonders <laughs> um, if they can put it in a beer mug and sling the drink on the on the bar table to him. And you know what's fucked up? He's serious. Like you could tell, like yeah. he's so serious about that question. <laughs> yeah. Back with temptation, gasping and moaning as she stares upward. Kay and Joel are getting ready. Kay telling him to put uh put any of his uh garbage clothes uh yeah, put any of his garbage clothes on. Montas to Joel trying on Kay's clothes and Kay giving him <laughs> advice on what to wear. He finally gets something that Kay agrees with. They high five and he looks good. He does he looks, look good. He looks good. Like he got this black turtleneck on with this blazer, <laughs> but he got the the sleeves folded up. But he slightly got the like the blazer tucked. <laughs> yeah, I could have sworn though, wasn't he wearing the exact same? Yes, he was. was wearing <laughs> earlier, yeah, yes. the exact same outfit. <laughs> the exact same outfit that Kay was wearing when he first met Temptation. Exactly. Now Joel's wearing it the first time he meets temptation that's mm-hmm. pretty great it, and I'm, I'm very excited i'm very very excited about this um but he does look fly as shit you know what's funny like the first thing that popped in my head was david because like i, I okay because I, I, I feel like david you would you would dress, you would stylize yourself in something like oh, this thank you. super dope like i was like I appreciate this, it. Is, this is pretty fire um, i didn't catch it at first i was like how come and i'm like oh that's what you meant hell yeah got it temptation is also getting ready her stockings sliding up on her leg uh without touching them this is where you can see the string <laughs> hey, it's it's pull it up, but it looks great. Totally that was like it—it's it, so charming. It, it like it's yeah. so charming. Oh my gosh, I completely forgot to add a an ad break. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna do that soon, but not quite yet. But we're gonna do that soon. It's just gonna be a late ad break. So sorry, about her eyes casted on the red glow at the bar. Dougie, Dougie is sitting next to a model. He starts um, talking to her, knowing who she is, modeling for Penthouse. He thinks it is charming to laugh and that he uh, he has her issue 
at home on his wall next to his bed. She tells him that he's mistaken because she was she was featured in Vogue. He claims that he knows um, it is her. She shouts that it wasn't her, asking if, if he's uh, if he's hard up, which hard up means broke. And uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why she called him broke, but he definitely is offended by it. Offended, he tells her no, arguing that he has sex. Um, she throws back another great uh, comeback about him meeting with uh, Fistina and Palm Palmlet. <laughs> pretty frequently temptation watches the argument from the other end of the bar another man named freddie steps in between them she's happy to see him as uh, as she greets him he asks who dougie is dougie ignores him freddie asks uh if you if he wants to get out get excuse me freddie asks if she wants to get out of there um so they can go hang out later that night Kay and joel are in the bar chatting about our sponsors we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And we're back. And it's actually Kay noticing Joel is happier than usual. Joel mentions that he met someone. And I love this because Kay is just like, what the fuck? We've been here for like two minutes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> when did this happen? Yeah. Kay is shocked uh, since they've only been in there in two minutes. Uh, temptation starts approaching them as Joel continues telling him uh, how pretty she is. She hugs on Joel. He tries to introduce her. She answers that um, she's the lady in red. Kay is about to mention um, that this is the woman he met the other night, but she stops him, claiming that they have never met before, shaking his hand and that it is nice to meet him. Kay busts up laughing and is flabbergasted. She asks Joel to come and get a drink with her, leaving Kay as he sarcastically mentions uh, for them to have a good time while calling them cute. He waits for Joel to come back, telling him to stop playing and bring his girl back. Joel sits down with temptation. Kay scoffs on the other side of the bar. Dougie comes up comes up next to him, sharing that um, they are all looking in the same direction. He mentions that she's bad news. Kay claims to already know that she's a woman on a mission. Ducky comments that she, uh, she scares the shit out of him, thinking he knows why. Cut to Kay and Joel back in the apartment. Kay turns on the TV and sits on the bed, Joel sitting on the other side. He asks Joel what happened with temptation. Joel answers that uh, they talked and had a drink. Kay remembers arguing that um, there wasn't milk in his glass. Joel ar- uh, agrees that there wasn't milk, but it also wasn't alcohol. And I love this because Kay um, is like feeding into the fact that he thinks Joel got tempted. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And Joel is just like, no, hell I held my ground. Like, you know, we just talked, you know, that was it. Kay asked if, uh, if he would have sex with her, Joel looks at him yelling that he wouldn't that being against everything he believes in reiterating that fornication is a sin. um, Not understanding why he's asking him this. 
Kay accepts it, but reminds him that he said, um, reminds him what he said about New York being wild and that he's trying to protect him from all this craziness. Joel claims that he, he can take care of himself. Kay calling it bullshit because he can't even dress himself. Joel reiterates that he can take care of himself, mocking the fact that he's been sheltered, not understanding that, uh, not understanding what the big deal is. He's silent for a moment before telling Kay that he doesn't want to fight. Kay responds that he can't fight. <laughs> <laughs> Joel jokingly calls him a punk and that he can fight. They make up with a handshake. I love them, man. Their dynamic is so dope. Yeah. <laughs> so, so dope. I'll absolutely love them. Dimptation laughing that Joel is the last one in his, uh, oh, excuse me. Grandma is looking at a full photo of Joel as a child praying for God to take care of her baby. I always love this part because I was like, damn, why do eyes look so weird? Yeah. But I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I always forget that's the that's how they do that part. Temptation laughing that once again, it's charming. Temptation yeah. laughing that Joel is the last one in his line as she speaks and caresses a snake. She looks so cool. Excuse the yawning. The fucking uh, booster shot is kicking in. I'm starting to feel it. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, Commenting that... She does look really cool because... uh, Sorry to interrupt. No, please. Uh, I think that um, Cynthia Bond just... You could tell she put it all in for this role and just really believe in portraying this... This entity, this 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 character, this villain, and and she just such a, does such a great job. It's very convincing. Yeah, it I seems agree. effortless. Like she's yeah, just like naturally totally. good at it. It does, and I, you know, like she's such a fascinating character because one, once again, she plays sexy really well. You know, mm-hmm. like it, it, in like it, it, it doesn't feel like she's trying. <laughs> yeah, true. Like. And, and to me, that is like quite the skill. Like she's not like she has these very seductive eyes, but those are her eyes. Like that's it. Like that's just the way her yeah. eyes are. Like when she's even scowling, her eyes are still seductive, and it's and it's mm-hmm. odd. But like that's just Cynthia Bond. Mm-hmm. Commenting that soon it is all going to be over, she starts to cry. Um, she starts to cry blood as she laughs a demonic laughter. Joel's photo also crying blood. Grandma dropping it in terror. She looks back down and there's nothing there. Cut to Joel answering the door for temptation. They greet each other before she greets Kay, playing off their first initial meet. Joel needs to get something and leaves to go grab it. She allows him to grab it, telling him to hurry up so they can take advantage of the day. She drops her smile, Kay bringing up the fact that they, they've met twice in the club. She plays it off, asking for his name again. Kay, Kay gets upset, knowing that she remembers his name. He's going off on her, then realizes is that she isn't appearing in the mirror and i love the poster here the poster in the background says mirror of death oh, oh dang i missed that that's a good touch <laughs> great catch amazing she comes she comes closer to him asking if something is wrong Kay is absolutely shook right now too he t- yeah. uh joel comes back in, into the room letting her know that he's ready she's ready mentioning that they they will be seeing him this afternoon on their way out Kay looks back into the mirror trying to make sure he calls for joel but joel is still in awe on the woman he t- he talks to himself making sure he saw what he he just saw he's like I know I didn't just see what I think I just saw. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's in disbelief. He's like, no way. No, no way. way. I just There's saw like that something's shit. up. 
Or no way I didn't see that. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Dougie is in the bar practicing his lines for the next woman he tries to pick up. But it's funny as fuck because the way it's shot, it's shot like he's talking to someone. (laughs) And it's no one there. (laughs) So good. What the fuck? Kay rushes into the bar, frantically telling him to believe him. Ducky jokes around, asking the bartender to uh, to get Kay a beer immediately. This is where some of it kind of falls a little flat for me because, like, Kay and Ducky don't seem like they truly know each other, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I guess they just just, bonded uh, about the suspicion of her. I guess, right? Yeah, and And I I wonder that's the only reason why is because he's like, you said this. About her the other night, right? And now I sense that she came same to my stuff. spot, like she came to right. my crib, and she was like, not in the mirror, like, <laughs> like her <laughs> reflection was not there, my dude. Gay frantically denies it, claiming that it won't help him, reminding him about the woman Dougie uh, was talking about. He continues that they practically had sex in the bar, but she came over to his apartment looking for Joel. Dougie clarifies, laughing at the situation. Kate thought uh, she was just fucking with him, and he calls her out. He swears that she wasn't casting a reflection on the, in the mirror. Dougie starts to laugh. Kate tells him not to laugh, knowing what he saw. He comments that Kate... Um, uh, that Kay was probably just exhausted. Kay's not having it, hoping that um, he would understand. Dougie gets serious, sharing that he doesn't think he's crazy. Kay wonders if he knows what he's talking about. Dougie nods his head. They are looking at a computer database on murders under strange circumstances. Dougie adding that uh, the supernatural can be responsible for a percentage of unsolved mysteries or unsolved murders. And I, I love the quick detail right at the bottom there where it's like detail case reference being temptation. Mm-hmm. So like, oh, that's really cool. It's all in yeah. plain sight, all yeah. right here, like from the jump. You know what I'm saying? Awesome. And it's dope because like you, you could tell like Dougie always knew like this is this is my culprit. Like this is the person who was doing all this shit and pretty you much so. fucking the life out of these men. You know. <laughs> so man. I wonder if he did know because he was. He, it seemed like he was still searching, but he he had an idea it was from that bar. That yeah, that's I have, the last location was. Right. And I have this theory with Dougie, uh, and we could discuss this a little bit more in the post show, but my theory with Dougie is that those pickup lines that he was doing, the dumb pickup lines, <laughs> I think he was doing them to get them to leave. So, Oh, he, so Temptation um, had more options to pick from. Right. Yeah. So yeah, like, and, I, I think that's why he kept doing it got you so i can see that that's a good so, call oh, show talk can't wait oh, yeah kate uh doesn't believe believe all this trying to gain more clarification by the way if you guys would like to hear that post show you can do so if you head over to our patreon and sign up for the weeping prince tier which is our five dollar tier which you can get the episodes early and with that post show Dougie shares about that about a year ago, he was assigned to investigate the case of a man who admitted himself into a psychiatric hospital. He claimed that he slept with the devil, feeling snakes crawling around in his stomach. As soon as as he was about to mention who she was, the snakes began to crawl out of his mouth. Kate thinks it's bullshit. Dougie <laughs> mentioned um, that the hospital swept the incident under the rug and he was assigned to do the follow-up. He followed, he followed the patient's lead at the bar. Watching Temptation ever since. Knowing that she leaves with men and you've never seen those men again. Kay assures, um, assures him, or excuse me, Kay understands 
uh, or Kay assures understanding that he's not crazy since Dougie, um, Dougie has been tracking her. Dougie needs his help though, knowing that there, there's no way out. This being the first lead he's had and he wants to get her, not wanting to wait on his superiors because he, uh, it would be too late. Kay still doesn't understand. Dougie reminds him, uh, that, Reminds him that he sh- he said she didn't cast a reflection, believing him, but knowing that nobody else would. Telling him it is his call. Cut to Joel and Temptation having a date inside of a bakery, I think. Talking about uh, traveling and meeting people. She believes that his p- his profession as a world-renowned minister will allow him to travel. He agrees about to continue, but he stops midway. Remembering that he's never mentioned that to her. Asking how did she know that. She blames it on his aura. Adding that his, uh, his mannerisms give it away because she's... She's met a few ministers in her travels. She asked for him to tell her more about his ministry. He shares that he's been studying for a long time and that she's taking a, that he's taken a bit of a break. She asked, "How how do you take a break from God?" What a great. fucking fantastic yeah. line! Oh it's a my great line God. to deliver for him to maybe doubt himself and question yes. yeah. his faith. Like, and to am I worthy? In to detention. Temptation, like that exactly. is. Oh, she catches the vulnerability man. to like dive right in. Yes, absolutely, and that is so phenomenal for her character and the way that she's presented here. Like, mm-hmm. oh god, I love it. I absolutely love it. I love her character so much. He felt that traveling will allow him to see how he could best serve humanity. Um, and I even put here, wild how sad he sort of looks in this moment, knowing that he kind of doesn't like. It seems like he is conflicted with being yeah. a minister. Yeah. Man. Kay and Dougie go inside a candlelit room. Looking around for a moment, Kay is startled by a psychic um, named Sonia sitting in the middle of the table. She tells him that she comes to share divine wisdom with them, asking what did they come from. Uh, Dougie tells tells her that they they come about a woman but they have reasons to believe she or it has been dead before she invites them to sit down she lectures that the temptation is the very that temptation is the very uh, nature of neg- negativeness of mankind it existing in every incl- inclination toward hatred and every tiny desire um, the the part of, the part of man that seeks God and good. Back with temptation in Joel, she comments that she she would uh, most likely be considered a sinner, flirtatiously wondering if he would be the one to help and counsel her one day. Sonia d- continues that tem- that the that temptation usually uh, sexuality uses sexuality to hold morality hostage. It, its reason of being is to reduce the soul so that it might remain in a fallen, lustful state of existence. Temptation shares with Joel that from the first moment she saw him, she had a feeling that he could come to him, that she could come to him. She rubs his hand, crossing her legs as she continues that she feels that they are destined, um, that their destiny are in, is are entangled. Joel notices her legs, stuttering to answer her question. This whole aspect here and how it eventually shifts is phenomenal. I, I can like I still cannot get over this part here alone. It is just so incredibly well done to me. Sonia can you, you just see like that confliction in his face and you begin yes. to see that he's starting to break down and he's becoming more tempted by her. 
Right. And you can see that with his like new behavior mannerisms. Yes, 100%. Sonya continues that it incarnates in the flesh periodically to prey on its victims for the purpose of seducing and destroying um, and uh, and destroying that soul. And yes, David, we can hear you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it being unrivaled um being able to achieve victory through the uh the destruction of a truly innocent person someone like joel him being the last of his ancestral line left alive to teach what is right you know another thing about this movie that i didn't mention there's literally no white people in this movie Oh, that's I very true. Totally noticed that it is. Yeah. yeah, just an entire black cast, and mm-hmm. I find that to be incredible. Hell and yeah, kind yeah. of rare in some ways as well. But like you know, growing up as a kid, you know, actually, I'll save this for the post show because this is this is a good. It's a good story. Him being the last of his ancestral line left alive to teach what is right. Kay realizing that Joel was actually lured to New York. She comments that it is an ancient demon and its name is Temptation. Temptation stops cold, internally growling. Sonya mentions that there is only one way that it can be destroyed. Man's total being and spirit is to remain focused upon and to be completely submissive to God. Kay comments that there has has to be something to lay a soul to rest. Joel asks Temptation if she's okay. She bows her head, answering that she's okay, excusing herself for a moment. Dougie asks if they decompose the body with whole. This part is fucking great. How so funny, funny as hell. Dougie asks if they de- if they decompose the body with holy water, cut out the heart while it's still beating, and buried in the soul <laughs> to rest. Kay hilariously argues on that being some freaky shit, asking Sonya if they have to do that shit. He's like, do we gotta do that? <laughs> like, like, we don't gotta do that, right? <laughs> I love it because it's kind of like a horror like trope, and they're like, eh, "Oh, it's great." Do, do we have to do that? It's like, right. is, that a, is that a real yeah. thing? It's so good. He, the K is phenomenal, dude. Like, he's so mm-hmm. funny to me. I think his real name is is uh, uh, Kenneth. No, Kadim Kadim Hart uh, Hardison. Mm. He is, bro. He's great. I just. <laughs> love this guy so much he was a white man can't jump uh he was a renaissance man he was in drive as well not drive as in uh with uh ryan gosling ryan gosling not that drive. No, not that drive this yeah. is the drive from 1997 um but yeah <laughs> dude is dope dude is dope he was also in a different world which is a was was a great show growing up it had like Sinbad and shit. That show was hilarious. Oh, yeah. me. Anyway, um, she begins to cry out and hold her head. Temptation screams and growls as she cries blood, possessing Sonya with fucking ease. I love this. What the fuck, bro? She this speaks so through cool. Sonya, shouting that she knows um, that they are there. She screams that they dare to go against the beast and live. Kate gets the fuck out of there and leaves <laughs> Dougie shortly behind. She sits back with Joel. He asks if she's okay. She blames it on a headache, but needing to go home and lie down. He understands, asking if there's anything that he can do she denies calling him sweet they then moves in to kiss him and i love this because she's now like all right i need to speed things up like fuck the the cute glances and things like that like let's go like i'm just going in it's another moment where it's like oh i'm noticing that you're very sweet that means you care about me i can actually make that advance now because this is another vulnerable moment for you absolutely Mm -hmm. 
They softly kiss. Joel wipes his hands on his pants before they leave from the table. The flowers now dead and wilted. Cut to Grandma trying to sleep during a stormy night, having a nightmare about Joel running down a foggy street with Temptation's eyes peering at him. He runs inside the bar, all the victims of Temptation. She And this is also, wow. Like, yeah, what the fuck? Cool like, did, like, did you get Brian Usna or some shit to do these these this makeup effect? Because goddamn. Like, this looks like something out of a Stuart Gordon movie right here. Like, yeah. this looks insanely incredible. Like, reanimator type shit or, um, it, like, what's the other one he did from beyond? Yeah, like, that's true. This is what what it reminds me of, of his, uh, his penile gland. <laughs> she, she whispers menacingly. <laughs> Both sexy movies. <laughs> You know what's so weird is that we're friends with Barbara Crabs and we're just like, we've seen you naked. <laughs> and you're her friend. Shout out to Barbara. What a sweetheart. Shout out to Barbara. She's an absolute sweetheart. She whispers menacingly if she wants uh, freedom. He must not fold her. All the men, um all the men mutter and groan in pain. And they look great. Like yeah. they look awesome. The bartender yells that he he will make him a bloody mary, throwing up in a glass I and offering that. it to him. Like I like, wow, <laughs> Dude, oh, wow, just creepy. Such a great it's moment. So yeah. creepy. Like this this yep. whole moment is just so fucking scary. It's like it is jig- again like, works really well with the budget. Yes. Very well. It, it's still just as effective. Absolutely. And it's jarring. Like mm-hmm. they're they're doing some pretty like off outlandish shit. <laughs> it's it's jarring. Norman Mani- um maniacally sharing that his wife shot him in the eye as he looks at Joel <laughs> with the hole in his socket. Temptation moves closer toward him, the bartender extending his hand, telling him to come to the fold. Norman say- saying the name as Temptation floats closer toward him. She grabs his face, moving his head back to the men, commenting that they're supposed to to conquer grandma wakes up from the crashing thunder outside her window she cries out to god to uh to take care of joel joel's back at the apartment kay comes home turning off the tv he tells joel um he tells joel that he has to talk to him about something ask if temptation is there joel tells him no kate um asks him to listen to him um, he m- mentions that the woman is crazy and a murderer. He reminds him about sharing that he he met someone as well, letting him know that it is the same person. Knowing that sh- uh, she came on to Joel the same way he- she came on to him, uh, knowing something that isn't right when she when she came into his house and acted like she didn't know him. Temptation viciously rises up uh, out of the bed, growling. Joel wonders why sh- why he didn't. T- uh, say that they were say that when they were standing in front of each other. Kate didn't say anything because he didn't want him to think he was jealous. He yells for Joel to open his eyes, knowing knowing for a fact that something isn't right. She she opens her eyes, whispering no. Joel thinking thinking it thinking it is something wrong with Kay. He knows. Uh, that he's been drinking. Kay argues that he's uh, he's bumped into some strange shit since he's come come around, admitting that he's he's been drinking. He's like, yeah, no shit, I've been drinking. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? But he feels responsible for him, and he's taking responsibility. He tells Joel to pack his shit and leave if he's going to act this way. Letting him know uh, that she she is after him, scared that he. 
scared that if she hasn't gotten him already, she will. Joel gets up, demanding Kay not to speak to him that way, claiming that he he could take care of himself, asking Kay uh, what was the whole point of him coming to New York, reminding him that he can, he can make his own decisions to put everything into perspective. Knowing that they are just talking about a woman, Kay grabs his large knife as Joel continues that she's just a piece of a piece of this trip that feels like a puzzle to him. Kay understands wanting him to stay behind because Dougie is waiting for him in the car. He shares that he loves him, but he's a target and he should go home. Joel can't believe it. Kay reiterating him to go home before leaving out of the apartment. Joel cries as he walks out of the room. <laughs> it was a little dramatic when he started crying. I was like, yeah, it, it really was. <laughs> I actually like, found that kind of comedic. <laughs> it's just like, the, the comparison just of go home? <laughs> the hard New Yorker versus the North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, Kay, Kay heads to a payphone to call to call Grandma and tell her everything. Dougie and Kay drive up to the back back of the bar. The bartender throwing out the trash. Kay grabs grabs him. Dougie telling him to relax. Then asking about the woman. The bartender remembering, sharing that she she's the only one inside the bar now. He tells him to put holy water in her drink, wanting wanting him to put uh wanting him to put it in her drink to uh and get out of there. The bartender goes inside, filling up the drink, um shaking shaking while doing so from his nerves. Temptation watching him as she smokes her cigarette. He sits the drink down, mentioning the, um, that the house is buying. She thanks him. A red glow on her face before she throws the drink back. Her eyes wide from realization. Outside, Dougie mentions that she is going to start slobbering, farting, and gagging. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? Cut back to her to literally doing all those things. <laughs> Besides the farting part, I don't know if the farting was there, but she was slobbering and gagging and writhing and convulsing, and it was also very dramatic. But it was, uh, it was believable in some ways. Yeah, it well, was good. Yeah, while these two calmly chat about the shovel being inside uh, Kay's trunk, she writhes on the floor, Dougie asking if she's if he's ready. They run inside, she uh, continues convulsing, Dougie yelling for Kay to hold her down before he we- before it wears off. Uh they they hold her down um about to uh, I stopped that yawn like midway. They hold her down about to stop her, but bottles start to explode. He is about to drive the dive down, but he uh he turns it on himself. Screaming for Kate to help him. That's such a good scene. And I just find it very comical that they're it's doing so exactly what they were making fun of, too. They're like, oh, we don't have to like douse her in holy water, cut out her heart, yeah. and then bury her heart in like a <laughs> burial ground. They're actually doing yeah, that cause plan because they, they never they heard what the other person said. Yeah. I was like, that's it's hilarious. Great. It's great. The, even the shovel talk, like when they brought up the shovel, like mad casual. Like (laughs) all of that is just so great to me. Um, The K jumps on him, holding, holding his back, uh, holding his hand back as temptation laps. They run, they run out of the bar. She shifts back up to the standing position, calling them fools who will fight the beast outside. K's car is no longer there. K tripping out about his car being gone. They argue um, about which way to go and they end up parting ways, shaking hands before doing so. I love this, where it's just like they're just fighting. Yeah, they're <laughs> Kay is like, I'm going home. And Dougie's <laughs> like, I don't know where the fuck Dougie was going. I think Dougie was just trying to get out of there or go back to the office. I don't know what the fuck he's trying to do. But like see what I see you. Great. 
boom. Gone. Yeah, that that was it. Like he was just like, all right, I'll see you when I see you, bro. Like, go ahead. I'm not about to sit here and argue with you. Like, you go your way, I'll go mine. Ducky, I love that about that. I know for real. Uh, Dougie is running in his direction down the street, a car chasing him down the street. He runs um, the other direction, stopping another car, demanding them to drive. Um, it is the bartender snarling as he holds up the holy water, a demon, uh, a demon sitting next to him in the back seat. He, uh, he screams <laughs> as it attacks him. This is, this is great. I love. Yeah, I even yeah. love the fact of how charming this is because it's just the camera moving on him while he's screaming. He's like, Whoa! right, <laughs> like a little just, too like, long too. They didn't cut it too fast. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like him screaming for a bit. <laughs> this is my second favorite part of the whole movie. <laughs> yes, like, Wait, I, I agree with you. You know what just happened? Oh, what yeah. just happened? Okay, yeah. this is one of my favorite things that's about to come I up. I love the reveal that you know the bartender was in on it the whole time, and then also just again like. It's just very charming. Yeah. Once again, Joel knocks on Temptation's door. And uh, you like what I did there? <laughs> uh, Kay cautiously goes back to his place. And I love how, once again, this goes with the charm factor. I love how it's supposed to be nighttime, but it's clearly daytime outside of the apartment yeah. building. <laughs> Dude, uh, that I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> Could have could have gotten that done. <laughs> you can definitely tell, like the the person on the or across the street is another apartment building, and there's a guy <laughs> watching them outside no the window, way. just casually, so just like, hmm, oh wonder God. what they're doing. <laughs> This is great. He steps into the room, um, initiating karate. <laughs> Joel is telling Temptation what happened with Kay. She cuts him off to tell him that uh, she was happy to see him today. She passionately kisses him. Joel stops her. Kay pulls out a 40 uh, from his fridge, taking a sip. It's like, I need, I need a 40. He, uh, he hears a faint voice behind him calling his name. He grabs a knife uh, before turning around. Temptation offers him a glass of wine, thinking that uh, would make them uh, feel a lot better. Not Kay. She's asking, she's doing this to Joel. Right. He mentions that he doesn't drink. She reminds him that they, they drink wine in, um, in the Bible as long as he doesn't exceed his limit. He understands, but he re reiterates that he's not a drinker. She stirs the wine with her finger, offering it to him. He says yet again that he doesn't drink, showing his uh, his appreciation. And I love this because, like, he's not giving in to temptation. Yeah. And you can see her getting more and more frustrated by that. Mm -hmm. um, she takes a sip from, from the glass, then starts viciously kissing him. His face twitches. Um, he looks back at her before passing out. She maniacally laughs. And it's great because, like, she literally just like starts kissing him to spit the drink back in his mouth. Right. Yeah. Make him so forced to drink it. I mean, right. she's a demon, so. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, Kay approaches the living room, and this is my favorite part in this yeah. movie. I love and I think this is your favorite part too, right, Freddie? Yeah. It's, it's really cool because I love the practical effects and like what they were able to do. Oh, this is awesome as shit. Hell yeah. And I'm, I'm surprised. I was like, damn, this is like out there. It is. Um, and I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, I got to look up the, the date of this um, because I'm pretty sure, yep, that is exactly from it. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm going to continue before I get there. Meanwhile, Kay approaches the living room. He's um, he's on uh, TV holding his gun. Kay is confused as um, uh, Kay is confused as he takes, or 
Gosh, shit, lost my spot. Kay's confused, but continues approaching his TV. K, um, TV K points the gun at the camera. He takes off his glasses, waiting for him to come closer toward the TV set. This is so fucking great. The uh, Reagan doll uh, giggles above as Kay is bitten by the TV version of himself and dragged inside the TV set. Fucking wow. Now, this is... In my opinion, a homage to Nightmare on Elm Street Three: Dream Warriors. Um, so, I got it. Very much interested as a homage to that. I I thought this was a pretty cool scene, but it really threw me off guard because I I couldn't catch the context of it. But I really appreciated all the the effects that went into making this scene. Right, yeah, I love it. The self recording of himself talking to himself. I love that kind of stuff too. The psychological that was all the, great. Yeah. I love the stretch, the face stretching out from the TV from the inside. Oh yeah, that was <laughs> so also good. amazing. Even like Reagan laughing, I'm like, why? But okay, nah, I'm for so it. That's so cool. Yeah, seriously. TVK smacking his lips um, before <laughs> burping his intestines out through the TV. Savage. <laughs> a knife pulls out of the TV, or a face pulls out of the TV, screaming. Cut to Joel lying down on his ch- in his child's bed, startled by temptation to sleep naked next to him. His father in the corner, calling him a sinner and fornicator. Joel comments that he's supp- he's supposed to be dead. Garth shouts that he he did this in his house. Joel's shouting again that he's supposed to be dead. Garth throws him back on the bed. Temptation no longer there. He yells th- he yells that he's he's not his father. Screaming, "Who is he?" Garth gets on top of him, claiming that he's him in a demonic voice. He shifts into a monster form of temptation. Grandma comes into the room where the fuck did you come from grandma but temptation <laughs> throws her old ass right across the room she like a piece of paper like nothing like uh joel screams no trying to fight his way off of her she breaks his fucking wrist uh, and graphic. throws him at the uh. wall next in the middle in the middle of the of the both of them wind blowing she snarls and growls as she shifts further to her dem- demonic state his grandma yells that this is a test for his faith and he can mend this temptation floats closer to her choking her he gets up she shouts that faith uh she shouts that faith without work works is dead <clears throat> Excuse me. Joel remembers the sermon that his dad was giving the night the night he died. Temptation picks up his grandma by the neck. Grandma screaming that power is in the word. Joel tries making it to the Bible and cross it uh, that's on the floor, remembering more about the sermon and his dad telling him that the power is in the word and that and the knowledge of that is his weapon. Joel, at his current age, sits in the pews, temptation sitting right behind him. Joel continues moving tirely to the Bible and uh, tirely to the Bible and cross. He picks up the cross, holding it up and pointing it at temptation, telling her it is between her and him, knowing that it it has always been between the two of them. Temptation snarls something that um, something that I can't quite make out, but Joel says that he does. A light shining above him, she cries out. And convulses as Joel rebukes her to the pit of hell. She transforms further into a demon until her fucking head explodes. <laughs> I love the trans- the inverse color effects that happen. Here. Yeah. Yes. Because Absolutely even though incredible. you know some can call it cheesy, I don't know. It just works for this film. It adds to that charm that we keep talking about. Right. No, it one hundred percent works for this movie. I think it yeah. definitely works. 
His grandma goes over to him and gives him a hug, even though she almost caught this man in his draws. <laughs> Cut to Dougie getting out of a limo that is driven by a demon version of Kay. He heads inside the bar, passing up a woman. She offers to light a cigarette for him. He tells her to use a cigarette lighter next time because the flame lasts longer. The same thing that Temptation said earlier in the film. VO of Joel saying, quote, Faith without works is dead, and I knew that now. Yet, as my life continues its journey along winding crossroads paved with fate, I can almost say for sure that we'll somehow meet again. End quote. Closing out with Joel running down the foggy street. Then, credits. I love the way this ends, because yeah. it's just like, Temptation never stops. Temptation's right, yeah. always going to be there. And it's up to you to either fall through with it or resist. Such a great movie. What a movie. Dude, this movie fucking rules. It's wild. I'm glad. This glad movie it was on our list. Rules. Uh, me too. Yeah. It, it, yeah. This is well, another reason why I really, really wanted to do this month again. Because yeah. I was movies? like, man, there's, there's so many great movies that, but that like won't really fall in line. With some of the <laughs> other like themes that we have, but this one's just right. fucking worked beautifully. Totally. This is like God. a perfect movie. I love to go in blind too, because yeah, it's such a treat. Yeah, such yeah, treat. I have to agree with that. I agree as well. I agree as well. Because uh, when I first heard of this movie, it was um, I think like it was around the time when I watched like uh, Bones. Not too sure if you guys have seen that movie with Snoop Dogg, but. Um, Around that time when I watched Bones, that's when I was just like, wow, that's really good. Like, I, I want to see more black horror films and, and things like that. And that's when I started kind of doing a bit of a a path down that sector. And that's that's what came up from this. And I was like, oh, shit. Nice. This fucking rules. Mm -hmm. um, but I got some minor movie facts for us here. Minor movie, movie facts? facts? I was going to do the minor, too. <laughs> I thought you wouldn't, so I did it. That's why I kind of like paused, too. I was like, uh, yeah, minor <laughs> movie facts? Kadeem Hardison, Samuel Jackson, and Bill Nunn all played together two years before in Spike Lee's School Days. Hey. Oh, yeah. That's a great movie. Despite being made five years prior to, to Vampire in Brooklyn in 1995, it wasn't available until 1997 in Sweden as a direct-to-video release due to, uh, due to uh, some common themes, such as an African-American vampire in New York. It was prompted as a sequel to Vampire in Brooklyn. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting stuff. Super interesting. Uh, but anyway, that's all I got. <laughs> but let us know what you think about this movie because death by temptation is a fucking blast and i want to keep this conversation going you can let us know either on twitter at nightlight underscore pod or you can let us know over our discord um inside of one of our horror talk or nightlight talk channels feel free to jump in either one of those channels within that server and we can break this shit down further because i could keep talking about this on and on and on again but man god damn this movie is a blast and the next movie is going to be another blast because we are going to be talking about next week the people under the stairs 
one of my fucking favorites. <laughs> I've only that heard great things. Sounds amazing. Oh yeah. my god, this is the movie that gave me the most nightmares as a child. <laughs> Damn. Well, can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It, well, I mean, we're older now, so like that's true. <laughs> okay, fair enough. As a child, like this movie scared the living shit out of me. But anyway, this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. Alongside me, we had David. Hey, spooky everyone. Always and forever. Also known as Nightly. Other in there, we have Freddie. Always keeping it tempting. Oh, I was about to say spoopy, but then I was like, all right, tempting. <laughs> Spimpting? Also known as Nighty Night. Our efforts to get the shot is not enough. We would love for you to, sp- um, excuse me, we would need your help to spread us out to more ghoulish nights. Radios with five stars is helpful, but we would love for you to recommend this podcast to someone who would actually enjoy it. You can further support the show over at patreon.com slash goodnightlife. That's not what they will. By pledging on Patreon, you have access to the show ad-free and as early as Monday with a post-show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. The new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And remember, everybody, don't forget your nightlight.